0: Hey, everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. I'm so excited you've tuned in for the show today. A Ballot, Not a Mallet is the title for this week's episode. I've written it to help bring healing after almost two years of political, racial and informational disagreements culminating in a month of turbulent, divided and divisive election campaigning. I believe this show is going to help bring Christians back to their purpose as believers in the context of national responsibility. All this craziness has been taking place during the second anniversary of the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. We've already had two out of the three anniversary events and I don't want you to miss out on the last one because it could bless you with our second annual anniversary contest. Our first event was a Listen Down Memory Lane, episode 79, an audible year in review showcasing the past year's music pick songs that released two weeks ago last Saturday was episode 80, God's Got Big Plans for You, on the on-air anniversary party show and contest announcement you still have until midnight tonight, Saturday, September 25th to enter for your chance to win a prize pack valued at over $80, including two signed copies of the soul H2O women's devotional for you and a friend, a 1000 piece puzzle with the anniversary episodes, key scripture, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and your very own soul H2O water bottle. Two more will win signed copies of my book, the soul h2o women's devotional the last event is an announcement to let you know who the contest winners are names will be announced on tuesday september 28th at 12 p.m noon eastern standard time released on the joy radio facebook page and then contacted by text To enter the contest by midnight tonight, text the word soul along with your name to 905-338-1250 and you'll automatically qualify to win. Again, that's 905-338-1250, texting soul along with your name. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. They can be found on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 81. Just a few days ago, our country held the 44th election in our nation's history. Half of my family was pleased with the outcome, but the other half are concerned and fearful of what the coming years hold. I think the country is equally as divided. I don't know if I've ever seen a time in our country that was so at odds. Listening to a radio show with four political analysts just two days before voting began made it clear that I'm not the only one who feels this way. The oldest host, a veteran of over five decades, expressed how he had never heard such hostility between those who would call into his show. Each host, no matter how long they'd been in the radio biz, expressed the same. Everyone was concerned for the unity of our nation following the election regardless of who you voted for and who was elected into your riding or to hold the position of prime minister. As a believer, your position in relation to leadership doesn't change. Your calling as a Christ follower always places you in the role of supporter and prayer covering for the leaders of your nation. This position doesn't change dependent on who is elected in or which individual gets the most votes. No, regardless of who has risen to power or in the case of our election this time, who is staying in the highest position of authority to govern our nation. Our mandate, our mission, our calling is to pray for the authorities above us. Sometimes This is really easy when the person that you voted for or the one your values align with and you believe in is the one leading. The struggle comes in when the party or person you didn't want to be in power has been elected. If you just allow your human nature to control your actions, thoughts, and behaviors, it won't take long for you to be complaining and murmuring about the failings of this leader. But as Christians, we need to first recognize that anyone holding a position of authority is to be respected for that position. If a leader is in position, we can assume and believe that God has allowed this. Whether you like it or not, Scripture is pretty clear on this point. Romans 13, 1 says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Job 12, verses 23 to 25 makes it clear that God oversees the rise and fall of leaders. If God has established a leader, who are we to speak ill against them? We should seek to see how God is going to reach people in our day, regardless of the leaders in charge. We're blessed to live in a day and a country where we get to choose our leaders. I think this is how God wants us to have our voice heard most often. I don't think that God wants us to get our verbal mallet out and bash leaders. I believe the example Jesus gave when it came to oppressive government is to put the salvation of people as our first priority and not the political climate. When faced with outright governmental abuse, even killing people, his instruction, Jesus' instruction doesn't hold any room for retaliation, rebellion, or fighting for your rights. In Luke 13 verses 1 to 3, some of Jesus' followers come to him and tell him the most horrific news and I don't think that they got the response they were expecting. When they told Jesus how Pilate had killed some Galilean Jews while presenting sacrifices in the temple, from the recounting of this story, Jesus doesn't feed into their, let's fight the government and demand our freedoms. No, Jesus turns the discussion to the salvation of the ones who lost their lives and for the need of those bringing the news to repent to God. For all of those who want to bring up those obscure verses in Luke 22, verses 36 to 38, where Jesus said for the disciples to have swords and then says that two are enough. Well, there's a lot of background to those verses. Too much to discuss it all in this show, but a couple I think I want to talk about. Do you realize that you could never defend yourself against the Roman army or Jewish leadership with just two swords? Another issue to point out is that when Peter actually used the one sword, Jesus reprimanded him and healed Malchus's ear that had been cut off. I believe that Jesus would rather have you use a ballot than a mallet just as Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The battle for the salvation of your nation, family, and friends is not physical, but spiritual. So am I saying that as a Christian, you can't have an opinion or if you do, you shouldn't voice them? No, not at all. God created us all with the same brain capacity, whether we follow him or not. We all have opinions that differ on any given issue. You don't stop using your brain because you've come to faith in Christ. You just choose to make your brain submissive to the will of God. When we do this, when we make our brain submissive to the will of God, we won't just grumble and complain. That does nothing but annoy people. If you think this might be just a pet peeve of my own, take the time to read the book of Exodus and see how much God likes when a people grumble and complain towards their governing authorities. I think the scriptural pattern is clear. God doesn't like grumbling and complaining, but God loves when we take action to do something constructively in the right heart about our abusive or oppressive situations. Let me give you an example. God wanted Moses to help be the voice to deliver the nation of Israel out of captivity and slavery from Egypt. God hated how the Israelites were being mistreated, used, and abused. When Moses saw the man being abused by the Egyptian master, God didn't want him to kill the Egyptian master. That was the wrong action to take, and this poor choice on Moses' part delayed deliverance for 40 years. The grumbling of the Israelites in the desert delayed deliverance to the promised land for yet another 40 years. It's not that God doesn't want you to have an opinion or take action. It's that he wants you to do it in the right way. Ephesians 4.15 makes this principle clear when Paul, talking about unity and diversity in the body of Christ, says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. I'm not recording this show because I'm someone who has this under control and finds it easy to pray for my leaders and not complain, no matter who's in power. I wish I was like this. Sadly, all too often, I've been the complainer, and I'm sure I'm going to have to eat my words a few times after this show is released. As friends and family members remind me of this episode when I fall back into those natural patterns of complaining, but I want them to do that so that I can break this habit. To be honest, I'm one of those people who can get really hot and bothered over politics. Discussions around my extended family growing up could get rather heated when debating decisions made by political leaders. I've always been one who loved the news and haven't been afraid to voice my opinions. I believe that we all need to exercise our civic duty in voting and being aware of the situations and political climate of our country to cast our ballot in the best way possible. I'm not one of those people who always vote for the same party. I think it's important that we prayerfully discern who we should vote for and not be limited by party lines and personal preferences. I believe that if Christians in our country and around the world were to actually live out the instruction held within the Bible in relation to governing authorities, we would see greater change than if we just voiced our concerns on social media. A Christian's response to injustice or ungodly leadership should result in action. But what action should you take? We are blessed to live in a nation where our electoral voice is welcomed. I encourage you to stop the complaining and begin to constructively comment into the ear of the rightful leaders in charge. Here are five quick actions you can take to fight off the propensity to complain. Number one, when there's an election, learn about the candidates and vote. Number two, seek to understand why the other side thinks the way they do. You might be surprised to find out that you actually do agree on more points than you realize. This might mean you have to read a different book, listen to a different news channel, or Google to seek out understanding. But isn't unity in your family, friendship group, or nation worth the effort? Third, find out who your municipal, provincial, and federal representatives are. Fourth, contact the correct leader through phone, email, or on their public Facebook page, not their personal page. Ask them questions and send them emails, always sent with respect for their position and written as sent from a representative of Christ. Writing with that perspective should curb the cussing and is in line with the principles in 1 Peter 2.17 that we mentioned, even though the government titles are different in most countries now. Peter said, show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God and honor the emperor, an emperor who would one day make him a martyr. Number five is to sign petitions and even share them in non-confrontational ways with others. Sixth, protest with a peaceful, respectful attitude, joining with like-minded individuals. I think a great example of this was the way tens of thousands of doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals stood in protest of the vaccine mandates. Regardless of where you stand on this topic, the way they protested was commendable from all that I've seen. They stood in front of government buildings, locking arms in silent solidarity. They were letting their voice be heard loudly without saying a word. I believe we grieve the heart of God when voicing our opinions negatively affects others as some in the mask or diversity protests have done. The goal is peaceful, productive protesting. Let it be clear that God wants you to use a ballot, not a mallet. Make sure to come back after the Music Pick song and commercials to hear the most important job a Christian has in relation to those who govern over them with practical advice on how you can fulfill that role. Working hard, trying to prove, earn my way back to you. Nourish your faith with your favorite Bible teachers whenever you can. Connect to your global community wherever you are and worship with an uplifting mix of today's top artists however you want. Download the My Joy Radio app right now and never view out your favorite songs, stories, or scriptures ever again. It's free and grants you unlimited access to on demand programs and podcasts, an in app Bible, and Joy Radio's 24 hour live stream. Get the My Joy Radio app today in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Our nation and many others face a most divisive time in history where levels of confidence in government to rule with integrity have plummeted. As we've been looking at scripture when it comes to our relationship with government and its leaders, we've learned that believers are called first to show respect for their leaders. When you believe your leaders are holding their seat of authority with the permission of God, as scripture confirms this to be true, this should cause you to respect the position they hold enough to treat them respectfully with dignity and grace. Secondly, you're called to not grumble and complain, but you can constructively comment. Your last calling as Christians in relation to your government is to pray for your leaders. First Timothy chapter two, verses one to two was written by Paul to Timothy in a time when they lived under tyrannical government. The Christian standard Bible records Paul's words here to Timothy as saying, first of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. I love how the New Living Translation words the ending of this verse and says, Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Pardon the pun, but I think this too hammers home the message that God doesn't want you to use a mallet, but other means when it comes to standing up to an oppressive government. We need to respond with lives marked by Christ-like character, not temperamental tantrum-throwing two-year-olds. Petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings for your leaders are what God has commissioned believers to do in reaction to ungodly leadership. We need to be willing to stand firm in our faith, literally if it means even losing your life. If you read how Stephen even prayed for those who took his life, you can see the example of a man who is not fighting, but praying for the leaders. As difficult as this can be at times, it is our God-given mission. This is the model you are called to follow, and it's right in line with the way that Jesus lived his life. The Bible records a big challenge for us believers to follow the example of Christ. Let me read it for you from Philippians 2 verses 5 to 11 in the Christian Standard Bible. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the role or the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name so that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Just like Stephen, Jesus attitude was humble and he too prayed for those who were taking his life on the cross. If these two men can pray for the leaders who took their lives, surely you and I can pray for the leaders we love and those that we're not so in love with. To help you, I've created a list of what to pray for your leaders in the categories set out by Paul in his letter to Timothy. Petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings. I think if we follow these guidelines, it will change our hearts and the future of our nation. Because like I said on last week's episode, I believe that God's promise is still being held out for us today. The promise God spoke through Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future we will see the promises of jeremiah 29:11 come true in our generation as we partner with god in prayer for the leaders that he's placed over us My challenge for you this week is to go on the show notes, download a copy of the Praying for Your Leader sheet. When you download the copy, it's in a version that you can edit. Next, if you don't know already, find out who your municipal, provincial, and federal representatives are and enter their names into the document. Get pictures of them if you can, even photos of their family revise with your leaders names and insert photos, print out your revised version to keep praying for your leaders at the forefront of your mind. I really encourage you to get a picture of them or their family because it will help draw your heart to them. It's easier to put down your mallet and pray when you see their face and the faces of their children. Thinking of politicians as someone far off sitting in the parliamentary buildings keeps them at arm's length and builds a wall of separation. A photo will foster familiarity. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for A Ballot, Not a Mallet. Episode 81 of the Seoul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. Make sure to check out the show notes for deeper insights and a link to the download. You have until midnight tonight, Saturday, September 25th, to text the word soul along with your name to 905 338-1250 and you'll automatically qualify to win a prize pack or two winners will receive signed copies of the Soul H2O Women's Devotional. Remember to watch the Joy Radio Facebook page as three winners are announced on Tuesday, September 28th at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time. Winners will also be contacted after this announcement via text. Until you join us again next week, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.